0: guys and welcome back to another episode of the Seeking Truth podcast. Today's episode is all about our core beliefs, our lies. So this is a topic which is really interesting for me. I've been doing a lot of research recently into how previous things in our life can really affect us. Maybe it was our childhood, maybe it was early um, relationship experiences and kind of how we can carry this Um, false belief then with us for the rest of our lives and they kind of become ingrained into who we are and they kind of become uh, a core belief but that it's actually based on a why. so I really wanted to go through some of the common core beliefs today that are lies and that are not true at all and and give you guys some scripture to back up the fact that It's not true and even though you may feel like uh, you know that you're not loved or that you're not worthy or one of these other um, false beliefs that your God actually loves you so much and that there are people in your world that actually do care about you and you are very loved and you are very special. So I want to go through a lot of those core beliefs today and, and break them down. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit more about how this kind of happens and how this kind of gets ingrained into our psyche so that we end up believing these core beliefs as truth. So if you're not familiar with a lot of psychology theories, there is a Really, really big influence of us as adults based on our childhood upbringing um, and the relationship that we have with our parents, particularly our mother, in childhood. And so the way that that then looks like and and the way that you are used to receiving love from your parents in childhood and the way that you sought to get their attention, whether you felt loved and supported, able to share everything with them when you needed to, whether they made you feel safe and secure and they would always remind you how much they love you. They always, always do things to show you that they loved you. Um, If you have that safe security in childhood, you're going to carry that impression of what love is and how um, you should be treated in relationships and carry that forward. But unfortunately if you have a childhood where um, one or more of your parents was more emotionally distant or emotionally unavailable where you had to kind of fend for yourself a little bit more where you may have felt that you know you you only got recognition for things when you did really well uh, academically or in sports um, or when um, you were throwing like a big tantrum and you only remember um, your parents ever paying you attention when you were having a really big reaction to things and and being really overly emotional in a, in a bid to try and um, get their attention. Or you've had a parent leave or a separation um, or like the quality of your parents' relationship as well and how they've modeled love to you within their relationship. All those things become ingrained in our psyche as well as as what we learn um, as normal and that is a normal representation of love. Um, and then we carry that forward with us all through our life and we are actually seeking to recreate um, that impression or those emotions of love because that's what we have grown up with as that's our that's normal we kind of imprint on that type of love and we seek subconsciously to recreate those in relationships even when we don't want to so if you've had emotionally unavailable parents you will always be drawn to people who are emotionally unavailable even if your conscious brain knows that that's not right and that's not healthy and you're trying really hard to avoid those kind of relationships you will subconsciously still be drawn to those type of people because they're recreating and mimicking the feelings of love you had in childhood So that's kind of how it it happens and how it gets ingrained if you've had traumatic relationships as well so if you've had relationships that were really um, turbulent that were very up and down roller coaster one uh, hot and cold like one day they're showing you how much they love you the next day that they've completely backed off and you're you're constantly having that bid for their love and affection and attention and you feel like you're stepping on eggshells and you never kind of know what kind of personality you're going to get today that will actually um, imprint you as well and and create a lot of stress and uh, develop the psyche in you that you know I'm I'm not good enough um, my emotion like who I am as a person is influencing their emotions and I need to always make sure that I'm perfect so that they aren't getting angry at me you know it's my fault if they get angry at me kind of feeds into this negative thought pattern which again is not actually true but our brain tricks us into thinking that this is true and becomes so subconscious that you then aren't able to recognize that that's actually the thought pattern that drives a lot of your behaviors this thought pattern of i need to prove i'm good enough or complete fear and anxiety whenever someone gets upset because you're internalizing that as it was my fault and you're taking that responsibility and burden on yourself now to try and fix it and to make it up to them even if you weren't the one that's actually instigated that reaction or that you did anything wrong Um, and yeah there's so many so many core beliefs um, that are in us without us fully realizing it Um, but if you take the time to settle down take the time to go through some of your behaviors and analyze why is it that I actually do that um why why did I react in that way to that person when they said that thing or why is it that I always notice myself trying to help people and being the helper and wanting to go out of my way to to make people feel happy if you actually take the time to sit down and analyze those thoughts and analyze those behaviors you'll eventually come to your core beliefs and finding out what you believe about yourself that's causing you to behave in that way so I want to break down some of those core beliefs today because, like I said, a lot of them are lies, a lot of them are due to past trauma, a lot of them are due to the way that we were raised, and they're just not true. And we know they're not true because that's not the way that God's designed us, and it's not inherently who we are as a person. I kind of view it as something that's been added on top, like a layer, a layer that is blocking our true um, Identity or our true thoughts or our true natural way of thinking, but it's it's almost like that that way of thinking has been rerouted through this negative space now, this negative um, thought pattern because of something that's happened, and so that's something that happened has been laid on top of us and by identifying it and working to destroy it and to remove it um, you're able to then be re in who you are as a person and your true identity your true worth and your true value and to start to respond and react to situations based on this um, newly found like sense of security in yourself and really discovering yourself for who you are again rather than um, the person plus the reactivity that you've developed due to your um, your trauma and your false beliefs. So let's start with one of the, I think, most common beliefs that's out there, which is just, I'm not good enough. So I'm, I'm not good enough. No matter what I do, it's just never enough. I could work on this really hard all day and it's just never going to be enough. And again that's that is the first core belief that is a lie so it says in 2 corinthians 12 verse 9 but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore i will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of christ may rest upon me so this is a very famous verse i'm sure a lot of you know and recognize it but basically, it's saying that you should you should be proud of your weaknesses. You should be boasting about them because, in your weaknesses, that's when the, the difference between the way you're performing and where your actual skill set is, or, or the way that you the the impact that you're making in the world versus again your skill set. That difference is because of God and it's because of God's grace and it's because of God's strength that he's giving to you. And so you shouldn't be ever afraid of being viewed as weak or being viewed as not enough because God will always make up the difference. If he's put something on your heart, he's going to make up the difference for you to get there. He's never going to put something on your heart that he knows you can't achieve. That just doesn't make any sense. Why would he put a vision on your heart that he knows is not achievable right so even though you feel like you're not going to be able to get there that i don't know enough about this topic or i my skill level is not enough to to do this i'm very underqualified guess what god's aware of that and god recognizes that and god says my grace is sufficient for you you know my power is made perfect in weakness boast about your weaknesses because then you will bring glory to me as the as the thing that's that's carried you through that's created that gap and that difference to be complete, um, to be obsolete, and I'm the one who's going to carry you through. And we never then have to worry about not being good enough. All we need to worry about is whether our faith in God is enough to step out in faith, to walk across those waters, and reach him knowing that he's going to carry us that way, knowing that if he's asked us to do something, that he's going to, in his strength, help us get there and help carry us through. So we really never, ever have to worry about not being good enough. Um, and if you have been in a situation where you've tried your hardest and then you've felt like you've fallen short and you felt like you're not enough. Um, I want to encourage you by saying um, in First Corinthians 3 verse 16, it says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So he has chosen you as someone who his spirit, his very essence and nature will dwell within. And now would he do that with someone that he didn't deem to be good enough, that he felt would always constantly fall short? No, he wouldn't because he loves you. He knows what you're capable of. He knows you're purpose. He knows your potential. And just because you've fallen down once or failed once or fallen short once, um, I want you to correct yourself. Is that actually just my perception of the, act, the task? Uh, was that just my perception of my performance in that moment? Or am I being too hard on myself with my expectations? Or was I trying to do something too much out of my own strength instead of um, leaning into God and, and allowing his strength to Um, help push me through, you know, like Peter on the water. Uh, As soon as he started to um, come back into himself and try and walk on the water in his own strength, that's when he sunk. But while he was still looking at Jesus, while he was still abiding with Jesus and being fully confident and faithful that Jesus will carry him through, he was able to walk on the water. So if you've had a downfall, if you feel like you've fallen short in one area, it's okay. Pick yourself back up, uh, learn, learn from that about you know whether you were leaning into God enough during that time, but also recognize that there may be a part of that that you're actually being too harsh on yourself and that God has chosen you to put his spirit in and he has chosen that it will dwell in you. He has consecrated you as a holy priest and he wouldn't do that with someone who he didn't see as having an impact in the world, you know, and all of us who believe in him have been given this spirit because he He has a plan for each and every one of us and he sees the potential and he sees who he has created, created us to be. And there's a reason. There's a reason that he allows uh, his, his presence within us and he is in touch with us and wants to be in relationship with us all the time because he knows that there's a purpose and a plan for our lives so never ever feel like you're not enough because the very nature of God being within you tells you that you are definitely enough and you can definitely accomplish anything that um, the world puts before you especially, especially, especially if you're leaning into God, abiding in him and allowing his grace and his strength to guide you through and to carry you through So, what about this one? What about, oh, I'm not smart enough? So, this is a little bit different to, I'm not good enough. Maybe you're feeling that intellectually, I'm just, I'm not smart enough to understand what's happening. I'm not smart enough to ever get by in life. You get jealous of other people who seem to be more intellectual than you. And I just want to say there is nothing in the Bible at all that promotes intellectual ability. In fact, the Bible constantly over and over again promotes wisdom over intelligence. And here's just a few verses to to point that out. So we've got Proverbs 3.13, "'Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding.'" Psalm 3730, the mouths of the righteous utter wisdom and their tongues speak what is just. So we inherently, by being righteous and walking with God, will utter wisdom. We will be gifted with wisdom through the Holy Spirit. And we're speaking what is just and true into the world. And that is worth so much more than anything else it says in proverbs 16 16 how much better to get wisdom than gold to get insight rather than silver so these things are worth more than the most valuable things that were available at that time when that was written and i still believe the most valuable things today um the wisdom is the epitome of intelligence, uh, it, rather than your actual intellectual ability, wisdom is what's going to guide you through every day. You know, it, it says that the the wise will build their houses on firm foundations. It says that the the foolish people will give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. So we can actually bring calmness and peace into a situation but simply by being wise you can't do that by being intelligent but you can by being wise and I think instead of cultivating intelligence and being smart enough we need to really be cultivating wisdom Um, and lady wisdom is one of the most valuable things and it says that all throughout the bible these are just a few verses that I've pulled out but um, have a read up on on wisdom and lady wisdom and discover for yourself the importance of living with God and through that uh, becoming wise and understanding the difference between what's right and wrong and and just and true and really the way to live your life in a happy and healthy way. If we start to explore now ones that are a little bit deeper, a little bit more I would say ingrained in our lives, these are probably ones that have been around for, for many, many years and probably started in our childhood and the first one is they don't want me or my love so this can be a false belief of you with friends you with um, people that you're interested in parents other relatives you always just get this sense that you know no matter what happens maybe things are going really well but at some point in your relationship or your courtship you always just start to believe that they actually don't want me and they don't want my love. You know, maybe you see them giving attention to someone else. Maybe you feel like they're getting more distant and you just start to sink into this false belief again of they they don't want me. They don't want my love and they don't want me. And I've got a few verses to encourage you today if that's a pattern that you notice, you always sink into. So 1 John 3, verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. That we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. So, the next time that you feel unloved by someone, you feel like they don't want you, they feel like they don't value you enough. I want you to remember that this verse is talking all about how they did not value, or love, or respect Jesus, and it is inherently As people who walk by Jesus, uh, it has been spoken to us that the world will not know us because it did not know him. They won't be able to recognize us and recognize Holy Spirit within us and the love of God within us because it, it doesn't recognize those things in God. It doesn't have a relationship in God and as children of god we we carry that with us and that's also something that's going to be then impacting us is that sometimes people just aren't going to get it sometimes people just aren't going to get how valuable how worthy how holy you are how righteous you are because they just don't have that level of relationship with god and comes back to that wisdom thing again as that person will grow more in wisdom and intimacy with god they're going to be able to recognize your value more but it's not because you're not good enough and it's not because they're not able to love you as a person or because you're unlovable as a person. It's actually just because they are not recognizing your worth because they don't actually have that relationship with God and they're not able to to recognize those qualities within you. It says in, I think it's First um, Peter, something about, you know, don't be surprised when the world hates you because they hated me first, you know. So this is something that just as Christians, it's, it's kind of, Inherit in our nature is is that some people just won't be able to relate with us because we're living a completely different abnormal life to what they're living, you know, and just that depth and intimacy with God and how he influences our life is going to make it really difficult for other people to value and appreciate us. I also wanted to bring up, though, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 8. Everyone knows this verse. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, why am I bringing that up? I want to highlight that part about it is not self-seeking. And I want to ask you, is the reason that you're so upset that this person doesn't love you or want you back because you were loving them in the hopes that they would love you back? Were you being self-seeking in your love and that your love actually wasn't unconditional And it wasn't patient and it wasn't keeping records of wrongs, but it was actually loving them with the hope that they would return that love to you in the way that you were expecting them to love you and having reciprocal love. Um, And if that's the case, I can totally, totally understand falling into that trap because I do it all the time but it's so important to understand that our love when we love other people we can't expect them to love us back on the same level that we're loving them and that's really really up to us to guard our hearts and to be sure that we're giving people a level of love that we're comfortable with sharing with them knowing they may not ever be able to return that. So if you're someone who gets really emotionally attached to people, really guarding your heart, really making sure that the love and the level of love you're giving people around you is at a level that you're not going to become emotionally attached to the point that you'll become upset when you feel like they love someone else more or that they're not able to return your love. Instead, you're loving them in a way that's really truly selfless, not self-seeking I'm loving you because I want the best for you and I wanna support you and I'm not expecting anything in return And it's it's that beautiful kind of unconditional love that we should be aiming for. Obviously, Jesus loved so many people and would be so kind and bless so many people. And not everyone was thankful. Not everyone reciprocated that love. And I'm sure he grieved for it. And and I believe that we are allowed to grieve for these things. But I believe it shouldn't let us get down. That we shouldn't get stuck on particular people for not being able to return our love. If you're in a relationship with someone and you're starting to Feel this like distrust come in, starting to feel like they don't love me anymore or that they're loving someone else. I want you to, to really reevaluate in yourself. What is it that's getting drawn up in me? What is it that's getting triggered? Um, What is it in their behaviors that's making me feel this way? How could I feel more safe and secure? Is it that they're actually just being friends with someone else? But because I have invested so much of my time and energy and effort into this relationship, I'm feeling upset that they're not wanting to reciprocate that. And really evaluating again, am I doing what I'm doing? Out of unconditional love, without expectation in return, am I allowing that space in the relationship for equal pursuit in both parties? Am I um, being self-seeking in my love, where I'm doing things with the subconscious expectation that they'll return it one day and they'll treat me the same? And so, I want you to, yeah, really check your heart with that. Be patient, be kind, persevere, and trust in your love, but doing it in a healthy way, a healthy kind of love, a love that isn't jealous. A love that doesn't envy, it says. And I want you to reflect on your own life as well. You know, you love other people outside of this person. Uh, it doesn't mean that you love that person any less. And so I want you to reflect that back onto them and, and to recognize that you are not the only person in their life as well, that they love other people as well. It doesn't mean that they care about you any less. But just being, being wise about it, being wise about how much you're giving to this person especially if you're expecting that the level you're giving um, is expectant of a certain level of relationship and you're doing that with the expectation that you will achieve that level of relationship so maybe you're friends but you're you're hoping to be close friends or best friends and so you're acting in that way in the hopes that they'll reciprocate and make you their best friend rather than i'm just acting this way because i really care about you and they may be your best friend but you you shouldn't be expecting them to reciprocate that same level and that shouldn't be the reason why you're doing what you're doing if that makes sense so that was a really big (laughs) really big one Um, I think that's because that's something that I've really been learning a lot about myself and that's one that is really I guess probably one of my most common thoughts as well if I'm being truly honest which is why I work so hard to overcome that Um, Another one. This is another really deeply ingrained one that I was talking about. So this one is I need to prove my worth. So again, if you've been raised in childhood or had early childhood experiences where you always felt that you needed to do something special in order to get attention. So like I was saying, maybe academically or um, with sports or something where you needed to do really well at something in order to get attention. I want to decorrect that with the idea that you are just perfectly made to be you and that you don't need to prove who you are to anyone and you don't need to prove your value and your worth to anyone so it says in 1 corinthians 25 10 by the grace of god i am what i am i am what i am this is who i am this is who i've been created to be i don't need to prove i am anyone else Proverbs thirty one twenty five. she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. I'm clothed in strength and dignity in who I am as a person. I laugh without fearing the future, without worrying about things. That is who I am and I wear that around me psalms 46 5 god is within her she will not fall so you don't need to prove yourself to anyone god is always with you he will not let you fail you don't need to prove that you're good enough to get their attention because god is always with you and within you as well and Romans 5 8 I love this one I loved you at your darkest so even when you were at your darkest God was always there God was always loving you you don't need to prove that you're good enough or reach a certain level of being good enough um, in order to have someone love you back because God has always loved you even at your darkest the next one is one that's really quite deep and I think again this is one that people will have ingrained in their psyche to a level that they probably don't even recognize it's there but it is I'll never find someone who loves me but with this one I really want to break down that we shouldn't be depending on earthly people to make us feel loved. Um, Christianity and recognizing who Jesus is and recognizing who God is is all about recognizing that he has loved us with such a powerful undying love that he literally would sacrifice himself in the ultimate slaughter in order to just be in relationship with us and that was even without us expecting to love him back Um, that was just to open the door so that if we so choose we could have relationship with him and he's always given us that choice and so the saying I will never find someone who loves me is completely disregarding everything that God has done for you and the amount of love he has for us and the level that he has gone to pursue us and to seek relationship with us, even knowing that we could at any point walk away or choose to disobey him. So it says Romans eight thirty nine. Very famous verse, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing in the world or spiritual realm will be able to separate us from the love of God. He has always loved us and he will always love us and every moment that we feel that we are unloved and that no one will ever love us, I want us to remember that God loved us before we were even made And he will always love you no matter what you do and no matter if you feel that you're not good enough or that you've made mistakes and he just won't want you back anymore. Again, those are core beliefs that are lies, that are not true. God will always love you and have grace towards you and forgiveness towards you. And sometimes forgiving ourselves is the hardest thing to do. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. John 3.16. We, by believing in Jesus, will be able to spend eternity with God in heaven that's all he wants from us it doesn't say whoever believes in him and follows every single commandment and never ever ever does wrong in their life will have eternal life it doesn't say that it just says whoever believes in him and that's the key thing he has done so much for us and wants to spend eternity with us just by believing in him you know just by opening that door into saying God I recognize who you are and I recognize what you've done for me And then he wants to spend eternity with us. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that so loving and so beautiful? And it should be out of that love and that recognition for, oh my gosh, like I am so awed and overcome with this love you have for me that you want to do things and kind things and return and reciprocate that love to him by doing what he says is good for us and will keep us happy and keep us in relationship with him. And that's why we live the way we do as Christians, Um, not because we're told to per se, but because we love him so much, and we know that if he is someone who would do this for us, that the other things that he says, the advice he gives for how to live our lives, is probably the right thing, and is probably going to be in our best interest, you know, and not for for harming us, but for good. And so living that because one, we trust him, we have faith, but also because we love him, and we want to show that love to him and demonstrate that love to him in the way that we can, which is showing others how he loved us through our actions and through our lives. What about this one? I'll never be as good as them. I'll never be as good of an artist as that person. I'll never be as good as a preacher as that person. I'll never be as righteous as that person. Well, Romans 3, 23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Matthew 5, 1 to 4. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So, by being meek, which is a word that um, I talked about in my podcast with Lachlan and Intimacy with Christ, um, that meekness is like that real humility. And so, those people who are humble, they're the ones who's going to inherit the earth. The people who are poor in spirit, those are the ones who's going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. The people who mourn for things, those are the ones who are going to be comforted. None of us are perfect. And God is fully aware of that. And he is saying that the people who go out there high and mighty, pretending to know everything, who aren't humble, um, they're going to be the ones who actually aren't going to inherit the earth and aren't going to have peaceful life. And they aren't going to have eternity with God. And they're just not going to be ever happy. They're going to be constantly, constantly seeking something, which is exactly what he was trying to say when the first are last and the last are first. If you're the first and the best in everything and you just don't have that attitude of humility and grace, you're going to be the last when it comes to entering the kingdom of heaven. And that's just the way it is. It's, it's the people who are meek, who are humble. Those are the people who are going to spend eternity with God. For all ascend and fall short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. None of us. Doesn't matter how good we present ourselves to people. Doesn't matter how much we try and talk up ourselves or make out that we are above and beyond everyone else or have that level of pride or believe that we're more spiritually mature than other people. We are all... Sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. And so, when you're looking at others and you look at them and you think they're so wonderful and they're so great and they've got their whole life together, I want you to remember that they're not perfect either. And there's a lot of things going on in their life that God is working with them on, just like He's working on stuff with you. And we're all at different parts of the race and we're all on different journeys and we're all on different paths. And comparison is not something that's going to help you get where God wants you to go because your path is unique. What he has designed you for is unique and comparing yourself to another person is only going to make you want to join their path and not the path that God has for you. 2 Corinthians 10, 12, it says, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves. So why are you classifying and comparing yourself with those people who are talking up themselves and saying how good they are? Why do we even want to compare ourselves with them? It says, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. They don't understand what is actually the good qualities of a person. They sit there, they compare themselves with others, and you compare yourself with them as well. And you're just missing the point, is what he's saying. You're completely missing the point of who we are, who we're created to be and what values are important with people. And you shouldn't be up there commending yourself and saying how great you are. You should be down there serving people just like God did. We came to serve, not to be served. Okay, we've got a few more. Bear with me. So the next one is, again, one of those ones that I think is really ingrained in us that we may not recognize is truly in us. Um, and it's the feeling of, I'm all alone. I'm all alone. No one actually truly cares about me. No one's going to be there to support me or be by my side. I'm actually all alone in my life and in everything that I do. And it says in Deuteronomy 31, 8, he will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. So God is always with us. God is always standing by our side. God is always there loving us. And it says in Psalm 62, verse 5 to 6, only God gives inward peace and I depend on him God alone is the mighty rock that keeps me safe and he is the fortress where I feel secure so resting and abiding in his fortress and in who he is in his nature and his character you're going to feel peace you're going to feel safe Um, he's going to keep you secure within his walls and he will not leave you or forsake you and if we just look at those two verses alone you recognize that you're not actually alone even though we feel we are you're not alone when you have a god that wants to invite you into his fortress and say i'm going to put up walls and keep you safe from everything out there that wants to attack you and protect you and you can stay in here as long as you want to as long as you need to feel safe Psalms twenty eight seventy six. the Lord is my strength and my shield so he is your strength just like he talks about in Corinthians where his grace is enough and he'll give you strength he's also your shield and so when you have the confidence to step outside those walls of his tower of his refuge he's actually going to still be a shield in front of you and he's still going to protect you and guide you and he's also a shepherd he's going to guide you to where you need to go so you're never ever alone he is with you in the valleys and the mountains and he's going to be there as your shield as your protector as your fortress and he will not leave you or forsake you so you are never ever ever alone you're never truly alone and I want you to remind yourself of that every time you feel you are and the last one the last false core belief is that I am not special so sometimes we feel like I'm, I'm just not special I'm just normal I'm just average. I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just living life, but like for what purpose? What am I here for? And there are so many, so many, so many verses in the Bible all about how special we are and how chosen we are, and that our lives have purpose. But I've just chosen just a few of them today. And it says, "But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel." Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And that is Isaiah 43.1. He has called you and he says, you are mine. You are special. I have chosen you. I've created you and I've formed you. How can we say that if those things are true, that we're not special, you know, that we're not chosen, we're not consecrated. It says, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous life. He has rescued you. He has saved you because you've been chosen. You are a royal priesthood and you are a a holy nation and you are a people of his own possession. So you are belong to him no matter how much you try you still belong to him just like no matter how much you try you're still the daughter or son of your parents and you are still his son or daughter no matter how much you try because you have been chosen you have been chosen and you are special ephesians 2 10 for we are god's handiwork created in christ jesus to do good works for which god prepared in advance for us to do so he has chosen in advance what he wanted us to do in our lives and he has prepared them and prepared our life so that we will accomplish those things and I know there's a lot of debate about predestination and whether people are predestined for things and I truly do believe that I believe that we were created in a very unique way with a very unique skill set and gifting and personality um, because those skills and those features of us is what's going to help us accomplish and do the things that God has intended and set out like it said prepared in advance for us to do so I do believe in predestination i do believe that everyone's created for a reason and a purpose which inherently in itself overlies this whole thing of not feeling special and it it shows that it's completely not true there's a final one that says before i formed you in the womb i knew you before you were born i set you apart i appointed you as a prophet to the nations he set you apart as someone who was special to accomplish something he formed you in the womb and he knew who you were going to be before he even did that because he had a plan and a purpose he created you based on a, a mold that he has handmade and an image of who you are going to be. And so I never ever want you to feel like you're not special because it's not true at all. You are very special and you are formed for a unique purpose and for a unique reason. So, that was a very long podcast of a lot of a lot of information to go through. Um, but I really encourage you to re-listen to that again to really allow that truth to sink in and to really absorb What he's saying about you and about who you are and your identity and really override and work on defeating those negative thoughts and those negative core beliefs that you might be holding on to as truth in your life that are just not true at all, that are false beliefs and that are really impacting on on the security you have in yourself, and also impacting on the way you relate to others. You know, out of fear, out of insecurity, you may be acting in, in a different way to the way that you inherently were created to interact with people, all because of these false beliefs that have been added on top of you. So, really work on removing them. Really work on identifying where they come from, um, and and destroying them, and not giving them any more power, and shutting them down every time those thoughts come up. So thank you so much for listening and I really appreciate all you guys and I just want you all to know that you are so loved and so valuable and every single one of you has a purpose in your life I I really really believe that and I really really know that so I hope you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you on the next podcast bye